Hello, and welcome to And Let's Be Heard for Friday, March 31st, 2023. I'm Mike Kachapoli. Here we are, end of the week. Another week, another month gone by. We're now a quarter of the way through 2023. Imagine, huh? How quickly it goes. It really goes very quickly. And we're just, you know, what, about 10 months away from the first votes being cast in the uh, primary for president of the United States of America. So that's all going to come very quickly, very quickly. Um, and things will definitely heat up over the spring and into the summer. And I expect uh, a lot of... Uh, a lot of grist, a lot of grist for our ever-grinding mill here. We'll have a lot to talk about. There's no doubt about it. But, you know, you know, such bad news for an end of the week. I'm, I'm really disheartened. It was a, this is a tough one-two punch yesterday and today. Yesterday, we know, with the, with the frivolous indictment of Donald Trump. And today, in a way, even worse news happened today. Yeah, the indictment of Trump is terrible. It's bad for democracy. It's bad for freedom. It's bad for America. But what happened today was, I think, worse because, and this is what I said about the Trump indictment. I said, because it happens to a former president who's a current candidate for president, it can happen to anyone. It can happen to you and it can happen to me. And it happened to someone else today, a regular citizen named Ricky Vaughn. Now, you might remember the name Ricky Vaughn. You might not because his real name is Doug Mackey. So Doug Mackey, but he went by the alias Ricky Vaughn on social media. So it depends on how you uh, came about him. He was convicted by a federal jury for a scheme to deprive individuals of their constitutional right to vote. According to a statement from the Justice Department, Mackey was charged one week after Joe Biden assumed office and roughly four years after his purported offenses, the Justice Department claimed that Mackey had conspired to injure, oppress, threaten or intimidate people from exercising their right to vote. So as I'm reading this, if you're not aware of the case, you're wondering, who what did he do? What did he block the voting place? Did he did he did he barricade himself? In the voting places, did he did he block the voting machines? Did he destroy those ridiculously disgusting, ugly, big boxes they now put on the streets in Democrat-run cities where you can throw your ballot? Uh, did he do any of that stuff? Because that's pretty that's pretty bad if you do that. No, that's not what he did. Now, Mackey has been found guilty by a jury of his peers of attempting to deprive individuals from exercising their sacred right to vote for the candidate of their choice in the 2016 presidential election. Now, this also happened, believe it or not, wait for it, New York. So this was a New York jury. Uh, United States Attorney Brian Peace remarked in the statement, today's verdict proves that the defendant's fraudulent actions crossed a line into criminality and flatly rejects his cynical attempt to use the constitutional right of free speech as a shield for his scheme to subvert the ballot box and suppress the vote. So once again, as I'm reading this, you're thinking, this sounds bad. This sounds real bad. 
James Lawrence, an attorney for Mackey, previously said in an interview with the Daily Wire that his memes, yes, now you're getting the idea, these were memes, were satirical and were therefore not relevant to the law he purportedly violated. Mackey could serve as many as 10 years in prison after he is sentenced. Remember, there are rapists, there are killers, uh, there are people who loot and rob businesses and make them have to shut down in New York that don't get anywhere near 10 years. You're lucky these days with Alvin Bragg uh, and uh, and guys like Brian Peace. You're lucky if they get 10 months. They certainly don't get 10 years. Now, the Justice Department said that Mackey had worked with other influential Twitter users between September 2016 and November 2016 to disseminate fraudulent messages, disseminate fraudulent messages, which persuaded voters for Democratic presidential candidate Hillary Clinton to cash their votes via phone or social media. One image depicted a black woman standing in front of an African-Americans for Hillary sign and said, avoid the line, vote from home. Text Hillary to 59925. Some 4,900 unique telephone numbers texted the hotline, according to the Justice Department, although it was unclear how many were participating in the joke rather than trying to cast their ballots. Former Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey suspended Mackey from the platform. One of the arguments is that the conduct of the issue does not fall within the scope of the statute as it's written. Lawrence told Daily War. I mean, this is a statute that was passed after the Civil War as part of the reconstruction process in the South to guarantee the rights of free slaves to vote without fear of intimidation. Some contended that Mackey's right to free speech had been violated in a politically motivated case by the Biden administration. Does that sound familiar? Sound familiar? It's a threefer. The prosecutorial creation of a crime Congress has not prescribed, the trivialization of civil rights law, and the intrusion of government as a monitor of free speech, former federal prosecutor Andy McCarthy wrote in an opinion piece for the National Review. The conviction of Mackey comes one day after Alvin Bragg indicted Donald Trump and called. So once again, so this what this was, if you're confused, was a meme. And it said, Hey, vote for, don't don't go on election day. Why bother? Text blah, 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 blah to Hillary and your vote will be counted. Now, of course, if anyone believed that, they're a fucking asshole, okay? This is my legal opinion. If anyone believed that, they're a fucking asshole and they shouldn't have the right to vote, okay? They're an asshole and they shouldn't have the right to vote because they're too dumb to decide who becomes president of the United States of America. They're too dumb, okay? I'm serious about this. They should not be allowed to vote. It should be illegal for them to vote if they felt for something that was so obviously satirical. Who the fuck would believe that you can vote by text? Who would believe that? Only an idiot who doesn't have the right to vote or shouldn't have the right to vote. But what makes this even worse is that the guy was prosecuted for it because some idiots may have fallen for this and did it this way instead of gone to vote. But the fact of the matter is that it's so blatantly, obviously satirical because only the most idiotic of idiots would vote, would think you can vote by text. Now, we see these kinds of memes all the time, all the time. Now, it's the it's the responsibility in, in the 21st century of the voter because they, let's say they're just dumb. They are dumb and they're thinking, OK, maybe we can vote by text now. Call a fucking elections person. Call your congressman. Write a letter and say, can you vote this way? 
Go on Google. Everyone has the fucking internet. I don't give a fuck how poor you are. People have access to the internet in, in 2016. Okay? Go online and say, can you vote by text? And the first thing that would come up would say, no, this is a scam. It's not real. Okay? I'm tired of protecting dumb people. I'm tired of people not having personal responsibility. And we know, we know, this is Trump derangement syndrome prosecution. This is the fascism of the left. This country is no longer a free country. It's a fascist country run by left-wing fascists. Because you know for fuck sure, if that candidate had been George Bush or Donald Trump or anybody other than, let's put it this way, if the person he was tweeting for, and there's no even, where's the even evidence he was tweeting for Donald Trump? It was for himself. But it was anti-Hillary Clinton, God forbid. And this is New York. So think about this. This is, this is just like Trump being indicted by a New York grand jury. And hold that thought, because I want to talk to you more about the grand jury process in New York, which I was totally unaware of. I'll talk about that in a second. Hold the thought. Remind me. Lance, Daniel, Maria, remind me to talk about the, the, uh, the process there with the. So look, but here's the thing. It's New York. And this was anti-Hillary Clinton. So, of course, it's all set up. Of course, it's rigged against this poor kid. Once again, if the president, person running against Hillary Clinton was anybody but Donald Trump, there'd be no prosecution. But this is all more left-wing fascism brought on by Trump derangement syndrome. Once again, I'll say for the 85,000th time, the one-two combination of Trump and COVID destroyed the left. It turned them into fucking Hitler. Okay, and they're getting their way now because these are New York juries. So you got New York prosecutors and New York juries. What else do you need to prosecute the right wing? What else do you need to prosecute your political enemies who do things you don't agree with? This is obviously satire. I cannot believe this guy will not win on appeal. It's obvious satire. Okay, and we see memes like this all the time. Right. Vote on Wednesday. Vote on Monday. Election day is March 10th now. Go vote. It's so obviously satirical. Only the dumbest of the dumb would fall for it. And because the dumbest of the dumb fall for it should not make it illegal. It should not make it not a First Amendment free speech issue. If you're that dumb, you shouldn't be able to vote. That's what should be illegal. Not a satirical meme. Okay? Because the man who wrote the satirical meme has an IQ much higher than the people he may have fooled doesn't mean he should go to jail for it. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of dumb people being able to vote, and I'm tired of left-wing fascists turning this country into a banana republic. I'm over it. And we have to fight back at this shit. Like I said, they can come after anybody. They, they, they're going to try to get Trump. If they can indict Trump, they can indict any citizen. The 330 million people in this country, okay, are, 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 are in harm's way. This is absolute insanity. Once again, I'm very sad. I'm angry, but I'm also sad because this country has now turned into a left-wing fascist state a state of left wing fascists vote by text vote by vote by text to 52585 are you kidding me seriously oh, hey 
Lance, you gonna try to calm me down, Lance? Lance, are you there? It's hard to calm you are. Lance! You just you took the thought right out of my head. I was just gonna say All Which right, one? Man. Which thought? No, mix yourself a cocktail. Take a bath. <laughs> Saturday <laughs> night is my cocktail. I was, li- I, I, I was literally gonna say, let, let me let me let me let me talk you down, buddy. Go ahead, go ahead. Imagine that. Lance, of all people, Mr. ADHD at 65 is going to, you know, right? He's going to talk Mike down. I mean, why? You don't think I'm self aware? You think I have no self awareness? You think I have no self awareness? You know. But all you want to hear something funny? I think the fact that. Literally, the only drugs I ever did in my life at 65 are aspirin and antibiotics when I've gotten an occasional. And I'm walking around stores watching people that are like 10 years younger than me walking around like zombies. And I expect it from young people that are clueless who look at you like deer in the headlights just with day-to-day regular conversation. But when it's people that are supposed to be in my age group and I'm like, they're 56. I'm six. I turned 66 two days ago and everybody my age is so fucking old. And I think it's because they're all on this like adult ADHD, whatever psych meds and they're all zombies. All right, well, we that, that's a story for another day. What? No, go ahead. go ahead. How old are you? 51. Oh, well, you're almost in my age. You're almost a geezer, but I'm 66, man. And everybody my age is so much fucking. It's like there's a Dylan song. I was so much older than I'm younger than that now. I mean, man. Look, two years ago when the pandemic, everybody got unemployed. I was working 50 hours a week at a fucking restaurant because it was a crew. Just like it. There wasn't any like on days, off days. It was a small restaurant, blah, blah, blah. So I'll, I'll work circles around young people. <laughs> I did a bike ride of 70 miles a few years ago, round trip, blah, 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 in one swoop. What I'm saying, though, is but on your thing about Trump and all this stuff, that's such a – here's what I think. Back to topic. I, I'm not so – see, I have a different take on this, Mike. I think Alvin Bragg is on the – he's on the Democratic payroll, but he's also on the Trump payroll. Here's what I mean. Okay, now, right or wrong, right? You got Fox and Murdoch, and then you got CNN and MSNBC, and they are run by the Democratic fake liberals, neoliberals, right? Like you're talking about the fake left. Okay, right. Now, where do they make their biggest money, and why are they tanking now? Trump, as soon as Trump left the scene, they tanked, right or wrong? Yeah. Okay. So I think that what Bragg is doing is that this is like these deep state, like clever, like provocateurs, like they would have like a decent protest. All right, let's go. What they're doing is they want Trump to get elected. The Democrats, I'm talking, the neoliberals, because they don't give a fuck. You got Biden anyway. So here's what I think. Now, think about this. I'm I'm really playing this out now. A a few months ago, right, on the left, they're saying, oh, maybe we got to replace Biden, replace Biden. All of a sudden now they're like, oh, no, Biden all the way. No, Biden's the guy, even though, even though. 
All right. His approval rating went from it started to creep up to 40s and feet up and 40s up, you know, normal. And then it went back down. It's now worst ever, worst ever. And now they're more than ever saying Biden all day. I think that they want Trump to win. That's why they're back. The Dems I'm talking about. That's uh-huh. why they're they're backing Biden harder than ever. They're doing this b- bizarre, like we're going to arrest this guy, uh, Trump. It's so stupid. It's like, no, I say, cause I'm, I'm just, I, it, I didn't need what Chris Rock or whatever the fuck said. It. I said, I said this to you, I think on one of our, your shows. Remember the first time it came up? I said, they better arrest him and put him in fucking jail. Cause if they don't, they're going to get him elected. Right. And so I think that they're all in on this. I think that the, the, the corporate Dems and the corporate you know, Murdoch type of the Fox, they all want Trump back. And so they're doing this on purpose, knowing it's a bogus charge, uh, to get him to make sure he gets elected. And that's why they're back in Biden and they don't want a primary because they know that he's going to tank. Can you imagine Biden in a debate with Trump who's still got his brains? Can you imagine? Cause they could put him in a basement. I'll stop in 20 seconds here, right? So right in 2020, right? They could put Biden in the basement because of the pandemic and use it as an excuse. And I don't care how much you love or hate Trump. Okay. They begged, they begged, uh, Hillary to go to the upper Midwest where these places were still purple. She said, nah, we got it. We got it in the bag. Trump went to all these places and these people were saying no presidential candidate ever came, Republican or Democrat ever came to our town. Say what you want about Trump. He campaigned his ass off last time, went everywhere, both times. So he's going to do the same thing and he's going to trounce Biden and the Democrats love it because they'll make more money. And then they and, and this is what they do. They play the victim. They'd like to play from behind, pretend that we're we're, we're they don't like to be in power. They don't like to be in power because then they got to do shit because that's supposed to be their mantra on the, <clears throat> the Democrats. They'd rather be in the minority because then they can beg for more money and make more money uh, by being the victim. Victim and by being in the minority, so yeah. I think all, I think both. Te- okay, all right. Okay. I don't think that's true, but I do think you're kind of there. As I as I said yesterday, and by the way, what I said yesterday on this show was exactly what Steve Ducey said on Fox News, which is that this will help Trump in the primary. But Democrats want Trump to run the general. That's why they want Trump to run in the general. So they know this will help him in the primary, right? And it will. Um, And they're hoping that it carries him through to the general where they know he's poison. He can't. He can't win. Well, this would help him possibly in a primary. It hurts him in a general. And you'll see that. You'll see now. You'll see the polls that start coming out now with him head to head with Biden and he'll start to slip away. You'll see that because independents don't like drama. Independents don't like drama. That's why Trump had trouble winning independence even before all this, because they don't like drama. They don't want more drama. Okay. They don't want to go back to the drama of the Trump years. And this is drama times a thousand now, at least during the first four, it was only two impeachments. It wasn't impeachments and trials and convictions and all that nonsense. Think about this. Trump could win the primary. And as he's running in the general election against Biden, he could be going to court. He could be actually going. He, he could be actually in the middle of trials as he's running for president. That is death with independence. It doesn't matter how bad Biden is. 
Doesn't matter how low his approval is. Doesn't matter how old he is. Doesn't matter. He'll win. He'll absolutely win. Kamala Harris would win. And of course, Gavin Newsom would kill him. So I'm telling you, this is what Democrats want. They want him to win the primary and then get kiboshed in the general. There's no doubt about it. So, I mean, you could say, you could argue with me that they're not like prosecuting him on purpose for all this, but that will be the result of all this. They might just simply prosecuting him because of Trump derangement syndrome. They always wanted to get him and they're always trying to get him. But they'll they'll be the best of both worlds. Maybe they'll get a conviction and they'll beat him in the general election. I mean, that's that's their dream. That's their wet dream. Think about Democrats. Their wet dream is to both beat Trump in a general election and get him convicted basically at the same time. Think about that. Think about what a win that would be for Democrats. Think about what a win that would be for the left wing media. So I'm hoping, like I said yesterday, my only hope at this point is that Ron DeSantis can run a near perfect campaign. So far, so good, but he's not in yet. But my hope is that Ron DeSantis can run the perfect campaign where he whittles away at Trump's base, proving that he's the better candidate to win in November of next year. And it's all about that. And I think that's what DeSantis has to make it about. Okay, why take a chance with someone with all this baggage and all this mishigas and all this drama, no matter how much you love him? Okay, when you got me, who doesn't have all that? Okay. That's what Ron DeSantis has to get across. That's the only way he can beat Trump now. The only way. He really has to hammer at Trump. He can't be afraid to hammer at all of his weaknesses, all this drama, all this baggage, and prove to the Republican voters that this will be death in the general election, even against someone as weak as Joe Biden. Look, the proof is in the pudding, man. In 2020, he lost to Joe Biden by 7 million votes. He lost to an already brain-addled, demented Joe Biden. In 2020, by 7 million votes, Joe Biden got the most votes for president by far ever in history. Okay? Against Donald Trump. Trump is poison. If he could not get independence and beat Biden in 2020 as the incumbent president, he's not going to win in 2024 with all this baggage against the incumbent. It's not going to happen. I'm telling you, it's not going to happen. So the only chance Republicans have of not having a President Biden or President Harris or President Buttigieg or a President Hair Gel King is to have Don Ron DeSantis, Ron DeSantis as the nominee. It's their only shot. Only shot. None of the other losers are going to beat Trump either. Uh, uh, Biden either. Haley, Pence, Pompeo, all these people. They have no shot. It's Ron DeSantis or bust. Or maybe I'll, those should be bumper stickers, DeSantis or bust. That's the way it's going to be. That's the way it's going to be. Although I'm, I'm going to stick. I have to stick to my original prediction. I have to stick to my original prediction of neither Biden nor Trump being the nominee of their respective party. There will be other nominees. It won't be Biden or Trump. Let's see. I'm not going to drop that prediction now. That's always been my prediction. That Biden and Trump are not going to make it to the finish line. We'll see. There's still a good shot at that with all the stuff that's happening with Trump 
And with Biden's low approvals, there's still a shot at that prediction coming true. Okay? Yo. Hey, Daniel. Hey, Mike. What do you know? What do you know? It's 1130 Pacific time and you're out walking. Yeah, I'm coming at you from Van Ness Avenue tonight. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. All right. <laughs> You, yeah. mean, you mean you mean right. Van Mess? Yeah, let Van me know Mess. if the background noise gets uh, too uh, too intolerable. All right, it's fine. Right. Yeah, um, vote from a uh, vote from the convenience of your own home uh, for Hillary Clinton and express your true emotions about Donald Trump with uh, my new product, the Trump Voodoo doll. This huh. case with with this case with Mackey uh, is going to be thrown out if if he appeals it. Obviously, um, there is. I'm not a lawyer and I don't play one on TV, but I understand that throughout the law, there is a principle called the reasonable man and no reasonable man or woman is going to think that this, that the, uh, that meme was anything but uh, satire and a joke and the case is going to be thrown out. The fact, the fact that some judge sat over this thing and didn't throw it out from the beginning is just appalling. And it just speaks, as you have said, to the politicalization of our judicial system over the last few years. Not that not that it hasn't been political in the past, but it, it's political on steroids. Um, so that, well, well, can, he, can he get an appeal somewhere other than New York? Because you, you're, you're a dead duck if you're a Republican in New York. You're not getting a fair jury. You're not getting a fair judge. It's not happening. Yeah, I don't know what what um, what appellate court it would go to at this stage, um, but you, it's I can't remember. I don't how many appellate courts are there? Was there like eleven or something? I don't something I can't like that, remember. Yeah, yeah. but um, I, I have no idea which appellate court to go to. But wherever it goes, um, but if you're Mackie, looking for Mackie justice, would win the Mackey would win the case. If you're looking for justice, New York is not the place. If you're looking for actual justice, we now know that New York is not the place for it. Yeah, um, it's it's insane. It's it's definitely crazy. Um, they um, just committed themselves um, what six years ago to getting Trump at all cost, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they just can't seem to pull out at this point. Uh, they just can't. I mean, they're in a tailspin. I think whether they realize it or not, with this, with with this zealousness of, of, of attacking Trump. I mean, what if they, they, from the beginning, and some of the stuff I actually, like I've said in the past, um, for just because of uh, you know, the, um, my, my, my political leanings, um, I've played along with it, you know, played along with the rhetoric about Trump. Um, but it's, but, but well, all along I knew it was, was BS, but you know, so you just got this crazy, crazy, crazy out of hand rhetoric that's been going on forever. And these people committed from the beginning, getting him at all costs and every single thing that they've tried, whether whether it was Russia, 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 um, whether it was uh, the the. Um, uh, what's his name? Storm, Storm, Stormy Daniels stuff, uh, whether it was taxes, 
I mean, look at how hard they went after him for his tax returns. Just they're so convinced that they were going to find the mother load there. And what did they mm-hmm. get? Absolutely butkus. I mean, Jesus. It's, they just committed themselves to insanity six years ago. And like I've said before, there's momentum to everything. And when there's this many people involved in this momentous insanity, it's just so difficult to stop it. And especially when you layer upon this, the social contagion that we have to now deal with in our communication systems. I mean, this is just, this is, this is phenomenal. Well, I mean, this and once is again, something like we never had to deal with as yeah, human beings. And, they, and they've created their own reality. And no amount of evidence, no amount of facts, no amounts of common sense, no amounts of actual reality will break them free of that. So the Trump derangement syndrome will be forever. You cannot uh, negotiate with them, right? Th- these people, these people who feel that uh, masks stop the spread of COVID, you'll never conv- convince them of otherwise. These are the same people who totally believe that lockdowns save lives. They totally believe that the vaccines stop the spread and save lives. So they believe all these things that we know actual science has said is bullshit. It doesn't matter. These people will go to their graves with their narrative. And the same goes for their Trump derangement syndrome. They will go to their graves with them. We can only hope they go to those graves sooner rather than later. Again, because, because this, yeah, because this new reality, these realities that they create for themselves and mass are created on the Internet. And it's just not challenged by reality. Um, real reality is <laughs> not challenged by the real world on the time scale that would normally be challenged. And they, they can sit and stew in this um, morass uh, on the Internet for a long, long, long time before the, the nonsense starts spilling out into the real world and gets really tested. And then it gets just gets beat back. But, yeah, they will they will stay in their bubble on the Internet, um, <laughs> committed to. You know, just turning everything that their party ever stood for upside down just to get Trump. It is just the most amazing thing that we have ever seen politically. Half of it, yeah, maybe it's Trump's personality, but half of it, well, a huge part of it is the systems that we have for communication these days. For for the average citizen, social media, etc., um, the algorithms which control it and nudge people's opinions in different directions. We're just dealing with something. We just we, we just cannot get our heads around at this point. And there is lots of good reason for uh, a lot of people are talking right now about putting the brakes on AI. And there's lots of good reason for doing that. And it's not. It's not for the crazy reasons of uh, cyborgs taking taking over right. uh, human beings. It's for the reason of shaping our opinion. It's for, for it's when when AI starts getting self-referential when it's when it is populated. It, it, right now, AI basically is searching the internet with these large language models and putting together various sentences, etc., in response to a question. What happens when AI starts generating that material, which it already is? Then it becomes self-referential. Self-referential is extremely, extremely dangerous at that point. We, we, we have to put the kibosh on this. We do not understand it. It is shaping our society in bizarre ways. And the whole Trump derangement syndrome, 
the COVID derangement syndrome, the gender uh, identity derangement syndrome. It's all a manifestation of this problem that we have created for ourselves, and we do not understand it. Well, absolutely. And, and once again, the, the Trump derangement syndrome, like I said, goes both ways. And now I'm finding that it's going to be kind of, you know, it's going to be a little bit of torture this next year, year and a half, because uh, we're going to us, us DeSantis supporters are basically going to get it from both ways. Right. Because you have that crazy Trump derangement syndrome, which is also basically now becoming DeSantis derangement syndrome from the left. But then you also have the people on the right with the Trump derangement syndrome who love him, who are just saying these ridiculously untrue things about Ron DeSantis. What's, you know what I'm feeling now? I'm getting the same feeling I got during the 2016 and 2020 primaries when I was backing Bernie Sanders. This is the same feeling I got that the, 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 the um, establishment is going to lie and cheat and, and defame and say things that just are not true about Ron DeSantis. I'm watching Fox last night and uh, Pete, Pete Hegseth just says something that's totally untrue, which is that Ron DeSantis has handled the whole Trump thing poorly. Actually, Ron DeSantis, if you don't have Trump derangement syndrome of the right wing kind, you could see how Ron DeSantis has handled it absolutely perfectly. And the new argument, the new problem that the Trump supporters have is that Ron DeSantis's statement regarding the arrest was not strong enough. How much stronger could he have been to said as the governor of Florida, I will not participate in any extradition efforts for this bogus charge. How much stronger does he have to be? Only if you have Trump derangement syndrome of the right wing kind, can you actually say that statement is too weak? And do you know why they think it was weak? They're making up all kinds of shit. They're making up, they're picking stuff out of their asses because he didn't say the name Trump. He didn't say the name. So he didn't say the name Trump. People didn't know who he was fucking talking about. Now, why should Ron DeSantis, after Trump has called him every name in the book other than his actual name over the last six months, have to say the name Donald Trump? After he's called him Ron DeSmuck, Ron DeSanctimonious, Ron DeDis, why does Ron DeSantis have to say Donald Trump? Why? These because people are crazy on both sides. Yeah, well, because he eats chicken wings with his fingers. Yeah, and pudding, whatever the fuck it is. It's ridiculous. But this is reminding me of that feeling, and I don't like it, that I had in 2016 and 2020 when I picked the underdog in Bernie Sanders. And now I'm picking the underdog in Ron DeSantis. And we're going through the same shit of all these lies coming from the Trump campaign, right, coming from his supporters. And yeah. if you're going to lie about something as ridiculous as that when the guy's statement was incredibly strong. And he didn't have to do that. Why does, why does Ron DeSantis have to clean up Trump's messes for? Why is it Ron DeSantis' responsibility to, sleep, to, to clean up that fat, bloviated fool's mess? Why? Yeah, exactly. But I think, but I think people are, um, have a craving for politicians that are people. Sorry, I'm walking by a, um, a loud bar. Um, I think there's a craving for politicians who um, are honest, uh, forthright, 
and um, are strong, strong, strong on principles, and they state what those principles are. And and clearly, that's Ron DeSantis. I think I think there's a hunger for that. I think there's a real appetite for that. So, fingers crossed. I uh, hope DeSantis uh, gets the nomination. I hope the people let their voices be known that they don't really want any more of Trump. Um, Trump is a lot better than Biden, um, a lot better than uh, Clinton would have been, but um, but he just he, he Trump plus social media is just a real toxic brew. Not, I'm not saying that once Trump is gone, that social media isn't going to be a problem. It's going to remain because of social media and the contagion of spread is going to remain a huge problem, but. Trump plus social media at this point is just such a toxic brew for our society. Um, so, yeah, Ron DeSantis all the way. Give, give me a hat. I'll be wearing it around San Francisco. Me and you, uh, to, me and you together. Me and you together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, oh, boy, and, you know, uh, I, what I want to know is, Daniel, is when that happens and the hat comes out and you wear it around. Because you people should understand that this, this guy, Daniel, he walks like 15 miles a day. So, you, I want to know from you the kind of reactions you're getting. Uh, I want you to record the kind of reactions you're getting walking around San Francisco with a with a Ron DeSantis hat all summer long. Yeah, That's yeah. Well, yeah. That, I look awful in hats, so of any kind. So I'll, I'll get that look. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, you look. Good. <laughs> you know, but but. Uh, but at 66, I'm not doing bad. I'm doing too bad. I uh, set a new pull-up record today, or chin-up record today. 34, buddy. Hey, pretty yeah, good. I'm going, I'm going for 40 by my 66th birthday, um, that which will be in three and a half months. Um, it, it's, uh, it's on July 17th, and you know what? I just realized today that the calendar icon, calendar emoji that is on iPhones is my birthday, July 17th. Isn't that wow. weird? Wow! That, I mean, what are the chances of that? <laughs> I, exactly, exactly. No, that's great. That's great. Hey, watch out! You know what's coming out tomorrow. Coming out tomorrow is April Fool's Day, so don't believe a word anyone says tomorrow. Don't, don't <laughs> oh yeah, thanks. Thanks for the warning. It's good that it's on a Saturday. When it's on a work day, it can be miserable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you know what they would do to you at Berkeley? They say that masks were mandated again. <laughs> oh yeah. Well. <laughs> You know, every sing, almost every single day, I get uh, e- emails from the COVID response center at UC Berkeley uh, oh, with, with, yeah, with COVID exposure notifications. Somebody, somebody has tested positive again for well, the one millionth time. <laughs> yeah, well, we know. I mean, Ian Miller put out another one of his great graphs and charts. And if, if, if you haven't read Ian Miller's book, Unmasked, you should. It's on Amazon. It's great showing how worthless and useless masks were. But Ian put up that chart again. And you, I think you I think you shared it on Twitter, on Facebook, which showed that Florida and California had basically the exact same arc of the COVID. In fact, Florida did a little bit better. Florida, Florida being the second oldest state, where California, I believe, is the second youngest state. Florida actually did slightly better without the mandates, without the lockdowns, without the masking, without the forked vaccinations. As we know, everything Gavin Newsom did was shit. He can shove all of his mandates, you know where. Yeah, it was it was age-adjusted uh, reported, uh, or age-adjusted deaths attributed to COVID, and we all know what that means. But yes, uh, uh, Florida did a tiny bit better. It's imperceptible, but then that's the point. 
after all of that shutting our economy down, locking people in their homes, out of their businesses, locking kids out of their education, uh, locking people out of their uh, um, out of health care, their preventative health care, locking people out of uh, just out of life in general. I mean, who, who saw a concert during that time? Uh, who, who, who went to, to, to see any live music? Who, who even went into a theater? Maybe it was destroying our society for two years plus. And right. what did it get them? Yeah, and, Absolutely and zero. L.A. County is ending their COVID emergency finally today. They ended it today. Once yeah, again, same, it did same all thing that there. stuff. Yeah, they all it did absolutely no good and just tons of harm, destroying the city. And they're finally ending it. What? What, what are we talking about? Three years and one month later now? Incredible. Yeah, yeah Incredible. And, and, and then the, the uh, virtue signaling left. And by the way, how do these people decide what they're going to virtue signal on? Because everything that they seem to that they virtue signal on has a really, really, really dark side of it. And so, so who sits around and decides, hey, this is going to be our new virtue signal for, for on the left? I mean, I'd really like to, to have some idea of the dynamics of who and how uh, the latest virtue signals for the left are decided upon. It's, it's, it's really interesting. Um, anyway, oh, yeah. I can't remember where, where I was going with that because I got a little bit of tangential, but I'm going to sign off and let the next caller come All right. on. All right. Thanks, Daniel. Have a good weekend. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Lance, I'll to you, Lance, before the end of the show, I promise I'll put you back on, which I don't usually do. I'm giving you special, what do they call that? Dispensation. You shouldn't. So this is a Catholic church thing. And I'll, I'll put you back on. I will before the show ends. Don't worry. But I do want to get to William. He's been sitting there for a while. Uh, hey, hey, Bill, Bill, how's it going? Hey, Mike. Wow. That's amazing. Uh, we'll have to call, start calling J Daniel, Daniel LaLanne. Oh, let <laughs> me tell you. Let me tell you. He is uh, amazing. I don't, I don't, look, his head's big enough as it is. We don't want to get... <laughs> okay. <big enough>. We'll... <laughs> yeah, but, but, but yeah. But I, you know, people like to say this thing, which I think is insulting. Well, you're, for your age, you look good. For your age, that's so insulting. It's like a backhanded compliment. <laughs> Daniel is actually in good shape for any age. Daniel, if he were thirty, he'd be in good shape. You know, so but yeah, he works out a lot. Works out a lot. What I want to know outdoors, when he outdoors. when he starts pulling a, a boat behind his back with his hands tied behind his back, doing a flipper kick, then he gets to the shore and he does what what is Jack Lay <laughs> do? Some thousand sit ups and put ups at eighty one or something, eighty years old. <laughs> Guy was yeah, as he gets older, he wants to do more. When most people do less, it was unbelievable. Guy was a phenom, you know. Yeah. It's like a Houdini or something. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Daniel said his head just exploded. <laughs> I'm majorly impressed. Pushing forty pull-ups, that's amazing. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty. yeah, I'm just trying to get keep, get myself out of bed on two games and get to the bathroom and back before I soil my go. pants. I know. <laughs> You know, when I look, when I now when I look for, I haven't had a new apartment. I've been in my current apartment for like five years, six years. But when I look for a new apartment now, I want either a ensuite bathroom. It's got to be very close to the bed, <laughs> or if not, it can't be too far out in the hallway. I don't want to have to walk like for thirty seconds to get <laughs> to get to the restroom. 
in the middle of it. It's got to be very close. It's got to be very close. I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you. I'm, I'm, I'm learning. Oh, boy. It's like I'm, I'm, I'm strengthening my butt cheeks. That's all I can say. Just squeezing hard. <laughs> what do they call that? The Kegel, Kugel? What is that called? I don't know. Yeah, I've never heard the name for it. Squeezes. It's supposed to be good for your prostate. You get <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> God. Oh, man. Well, we need to laugh. We need a little, little levity with this insanity. That's yes. just unbelievable. I know. I know. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm very upset and angry, everything. You know, it's just like, yeah. we're all targets now, Bill. I mean, you've been yeah. a target for a long time. You know that. But yeah. everyone is a target now with this new age of fascist lefties who just want to basically but anyone who disagree you know it would be bad enough if they just stuck to canceling people and blocking people you know but they don't even want they want to go the extra mile and put us in jail yeah i know it's it's beyond comprehension uh i i don't know what to say about it all other than uh, it's just spanks of, of nightmarish Orwellian, you know, uh, oh, oh, scenarios. Right. I want yeah, to yeah. say two things while you're on with me before I Go forget, because I have a lot yeah. on my plate here tonight. Did you see what Pelosi said? The comment she put out? No. That Trump has the right to prove his innocence. She doesn't even know the legal system. She doesn't know you're innocent until proven guilty here. She put out yeah. a tweet saying he has his right now to prove his innocence in court. Uh, Nancy, Maybe no one told you, but the way this country works, the United States of America, nice. <laughs> they have to prove your guilt. You don't have to exactly. prove your innocence. This is coming from the speaker, the former speaker of the house. Send her to the fucking old age home. Yeah. I know. Where, where, yes, hey, where, where's where's David DePop when you need him? Aye, aye. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I I I, I want to say uh, things have gotten so upside down and flipped around. They're, they're talking about misinformation, disinformation, uh, uh, restrictions on free speech, uh, as being somehow mandated even from the World Economic Forum UN, uh, level. I mean, it's just shocking when it comes to healthcare, even, uh, you know, especially, uh, I'm, I, gosh, I don't know. I grew up being told, uh, get as many opinions as you can. And finally, Europe, it's up to you to make the choice whether you want to even go totally holistic or osteopathic or, you know, uh, any, uh, what you might call conventional or, you know, any way you want. It's your body. You know, I, I, it's just absolute madness. Mm-hmm. Thank God that, uh, you know, I don't, I can't say enough about, let me, Rephrase that. I don't know enough about Ron DeSantis' overall politics, but I can say I, I, I am in agreement with his position on, you know, masks and mandates and COVID and having, actually, he said he was going to develop a misinformation, disinformation board to fight the CDC. Yeah, he is. <laughs> Absolutely. So, but I think yeah. when you say I don't know about a lot of other stuff, and a lot of people yeah. don't know about a lot of stuff, I think what that shows to me, I'm a, I'm a same thinking person is yeah. that he doesn't, he has an anti authoritarian streak. In other words, mm-hmm. more, more of a live and let live belief, more of a libertarian belief. And he knows how to like assess the situation, looking at facts and science and not just jumping to conclusions based on fear and hysteria. I think those are good traits for the president of the United States 
as it will extend across a myriad of issues. You see? Get well, this idea would, into this thought mm, process. Right. Yeah, like I said, I, I, I just have to mm, see, I can't ca- comment on these other fiscal policies or any of the policies in the state just because I haven't looked into it. But, I, but if it's anything uh, like his COVID policies and, and, uh, Joseph Latipo as a Surgeon General, if he surrounds himself with people like that, I'm all right. for it. Right. You know? Yeah. So, uh, and I know that's a big stretch for people. You know, we have Maria in the audience. Hi, kudos, Maria. Uh, she's, she's still with us, I think, and it's mm-hmm. always a pleasure to, she has a new, uh, thing she's doing, a music, uh, call in where she picks this different themes and it brings a lot of joy and, you know, which, God, it's been years since I've sung karaoke. Even did, 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 you wait know, a minute, got, wait a yeah. minute. You just got me, Maria. I've just <laughs> met a girl named Maria. There she is. She's in. She's still with us. She's, <laughs> she's still listening. Are we doing? Is there a karaoke on calling? That's a great idea. Maria. Maria does a a um, uh, her and her and Sin do. Uh, I'm not even sure which nights, Maria. Maybe she can call in yeah, and it, tell put us. It, we'll put it in the call in or put it in the chat. Uh, chat yeah um great though yeah she's great she does these she'll pick a theme a music theme uh and and then do a show and and then she encourages me to sing along even though i forgot most of the words since it's been well god it's been three years plus because i haven't been out even prior to that with my disability since i've done any karaoke have you given given the old razzle dazzle I, I didn't know I'm going to, you know, it's, this is how my mind is now. I'm 62 and it's so full of cobwebs and marbles. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, I, I know how you feel. Yeah. I really do. <laughs> but, but mostly all the insanity that I'm trying to keep up with, you know what I mean? On all these relevant issues that I, I know. I've, I've run out of, um, so yeah, so, so my, whatever's left up there in computer space has been overloaded. I can't remember lyrics anymore. I gotta go back and refresh. You know? Yeah, right, right, right. Literally. Of course. <laughs> the razzle dazzle. We can give her a little, um, a little razzle dazzle. I don't even remember the second and third lyric. I gotta relearn that song. It's been so long since I've sang that one. But, uh. Um, oh, she, she prefers the sound of music. How do you solve a problem, Maria? Okay, so the sound of music is great also. Oh, is she, is she responding? Yeah, yeah, the sound of music is terrific. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, that gives me, I told her, I said, send me a, a list in my DMs so I can start practicing. And she's, you know, you know, so I could, because uh, it'd be fun then. And that, in fact, uh, maybe we can get on a list and build that up where, um, it'd be fun to, to sing with you, Mike. You know, we do some show tunes at some point. Why not? What the heck? Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, you know? I'm, I'm down. Yeah. It's, and the great thing about doing that kind of thing on like call in is mm-hmm. that if you're a little bit, you know, uh, shy of doing it at a karaoke ball where everyone can see you. No one can see you here. They can hear your voice, but they can't see you. And that makes it a little <laughs> more anonymous, a little more private. And I think more people might be into that. That's one thing. I I don't mind singing, but I don't. The karaoke bars, some of them you have like 500 people looking at you. Yeah, I don't want yeah. to sing in front of them. And you know the bad thing about the karaoke bars? Karaoke bars would be more fun if everyone couldn't sing. But the fact that the, the problem is, is you'll get one or two people who are like fucking Betty Buckley, you know, <laughs> it's like, yeah. it's like, wait a minute, why are you at a karaoke bar making everyone else look bad, worse than they already <laughs> sound? <laughs> the, the, the idea of karaoke is like regular people who aren't that great at singing, but there always has to be that one show off who gets up there 
And, it, it, you know, and all of a sudden it's like, you know, a Broadway star. It's like, come on, get a movie break. <laughs> go well, go I, audition. I, go, to, go to New York and audition. <laughs> I, I don't know what to tell you, Mike. I was before I got so hobbled. You know, the hips just got to the point now where I can't anymore. I actually used to be able to tap dance at four hundred pounds and sing Sinatra. Oh, yeah, I used to, yeah, tap dance and sing Sinatra, and I used to have a blast. I do some pick a Sinatra song, New York, New York, or My Way, and I'd bring the mic around to different people, and they end up singing with me. And oh, I get people standing up it was I, i'm a ham <laughs> i had a, a lot of fun you know what i mean yeah, that's fine. you know but it's been and i had so much fun but that none of these insane things were going on at I the know. time you know i know but the it, olden and, you know, days we sound like we sound we sound like two old people pining for the olden days but I it's mean, crazy it, it, it's it, true it, it seems like every I mean, decade things are getting worse yeah they are. you know every decade things are getting worse than they oh used i want to I, I, it, it's true. And thank you, Daniel. I appreciate you like my razzle dazzle voice. I'll have to learn a few more lyrics so we can, we can, um, Mike and I can carry on a little bit on that one, you know, <laughs> uh, and, we'll, and sound we'll, music. We'll work on our candor and ebb. We'll that sounds good. That sounds, <laughs> that sounds great. Yeah. But it, I have to tell you, you know, I, I've lost, I mean, this has been so traumatic. Right, mm -hmm. the spoken wheel bike shop got foreclosed on. I told you about that. Mm -hmm. right? The kid died, Chris. Mm -hmm. When I say kid, it, he, he was ten years younger than me, so he was fifty odd. You know what I mean? He, uh, but I grew up with him. You know, so to me, he was like a younger brother. You right. know, working at my father's bike shop. He died after his second COVID shot. Mm -hmm. My stepsister's daughter died in her sleep after her second COVID. She was only thirty-eight, young athlete, a kid. We kid, because, you know, to me, I think of her that way no matter what, because of the age, you know, I grew up with her. And, and that's, I, it's been so traumatic. And really, I mean, it's been a real trauma. I mean, I don't mean to sound like uh, with a violin, but seriously, we, when we step back and look at it, what we've all been through the last two, three years, uh, even, and I have to say, people who, took the vaccine believing it prevented uh, uh, infection, believing it was doing good to help uh, society, believing it was going to prevent uh, the spread and all those things turned out to be a fraud. You know, I mean, yes. not to mention the side effects that people, I've talked to friends of mine and other people in Colin who've had some major side effects, you know, and I, in fact, if I'm not mistaken, I, I don't, you know, well, I, if Maria wants to tell her story, she will. But I mean, uh, I think she had a vaccine of adverse event from best of my recollection. And, um, so, uh, anyway, uh, uh, I, you know, especially when they foreclosed on the spoken wheel bike shop during the pandemic, uh, because the laws changed now though. They, they, mm -hmm. see, they waited a couple of years, Mike, and they allowed businesses to be foreclosed on right, that were right. behind in their taxes and or uh, a water bill. Mm -hmm. And then after about two and a half years into it, going back about four or five months ago, they changed it. Now they changed that law, but it's non-retroactive. So too late. In other words, all those businesses that were teetering, do you follow? Yeah. Because of... For, for many reasons, you know, uh, outsourcing, uh, uh, manufacturing overseas, uh, 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 mass internet sales. You know what I mean? Look at the small little businesses, how they've sub 
first the small businesses suffered to box stores. Yep. You know what I mean? Then it was the mass, then even the box stores, like Sports Authority, shut down in our area because of the mass internet sales. Yes. You know what I mean? And then, and then, you, so then you're hanging on with the best you can after 50 years. And then you have supply chain shortages and demand drops. And then how, that, that's the nail in the coffin. Mm-hmm. And well, it was ruthless. Right. Ruthless. Yeah. And, and that's what we're seeing now, obviously, and we've seen this for a while, is yeah. all these businesses are now, th- some of them were able to hang on because of the uh, money, the temporary money that was given to them, but that wasn't enough. And now they're, they're closing. So what we're going to see in the next five years, I think this decade is going to be known as the, the decade of the, the destruction of the small business. And unfortunately, yes. maybe even worse, the decade of died suddenly. All these young people dying suddenly. Oh, I know. Mike, it's scary. It's scary. You know, two things. You brought up something. You reminded me. When we were talking, I believe it was last night, and you said, Bill, I know people who can't get the permits to open a small business. It's so prohibitive, the cost, the process. Well, that's it's designed that way, Mike, because they want want to continue to to suck everything upward. You have no trickle down. Forget about that. They want to no. continue to suck it all upward. And this is part of the process, you know, where it becomes prohibitive on the cost and process to try and open a small business even, let alone, uh, to, you know, run a profit. You know what I mean? And, and, uh, that's all by design. None of that's by accident. You know what right. I mean? And, uh, uh, and, and then it gives people fewer and fewer places to go out. And be social and have a healthy interaction with one another and express different opinions. Because this is all about, on some level, not only a restriction on the rights to bear arms and advocacy for bearing arms, but also free speech, literally. Literally. You know, through through mass media, you know, call it the internet, uh, through the courts, through you name it. I mean, they're, they're just ratcheting it. You know, to where even doctors in Canada were run through, um, were, were, uh, psychiatry was weaponized. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I, I say in those articles, Dr. Bregan right. and right. Children's Health Defense Fund and uh, how that was happening in Canada. And even, um, which state was it? I, I'm having a moment here where there was a law passed along those lines even more recently. And I know the international health reg- regulations are, and the World Economic Forum and the UN, and, and we're, they're all coming from that place still as we go forward. You know what I mean? Yes. Uh, right. Which is, what? You know? I mean, oh, it, it's, it's, you know, the bird flu next. It's like the bird flu. Oh, it suddenly learned to jump to mammals. And now we all have to worry about, you know, all th- they, they, they killed tens of millions of birds based on a PCR bird flu test. Did you know yeah. that? Yeah, no, I know. I know. No, it's Absolute insanity. insanity. It is insanity. It is. This is, this is where we are. And, uh, you, you know, I don't, they're digging. They're digging in. Maybe the, the real oh, insanity. Look, look at look at how they're digging in. I mean, look at this insanity with the Nashville shooter, the person who. And I'll get to this. I'll get to the story in a second. But the person who who did the killing was was transgender, and it's the transgender community 
who's turned this into into looking like it's an attack on the transgender community, not on Christians. Right, of course. This is a transgender person who killed six Christians in a Christian school, right? Yet the transgender community is trying to make it look like this is an attack. I mean, this is how insane we are. Instead instead of people saying, you're crazy, fuck off. You're crazy. I'm normal. You fuck off. They, they, they just give them. They give them this. They they they're such pussies. The left that in the media is that they 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 make it look like they have a point, and the, and then some transgender organization had put out a tweet about a week or two ago, something about how uh, it was it was a violent tweet. It sounded violent. It, it was it was in other words, if it came from a Trump supporter, the left would say it's domestic terrorism. It was like we're going to fight. Oh, we're going to get vengeance. This is what the trans. This is what this tweet from this tra- big transgender organization said. We're going to get vengeance. And then a week later, this happens. So then people come back and say, "Look, you're using these very violent incendiary words." And they said, "No, this is that's not what it means. You people know what it means. It means we're just going to fight. Don't try to marginalize us and destroy." So they went on the offensive. Because they wow. know they can. Because everyone's right. going to be scared of their offense instead of just saying, "Go fuck yourself." Right, this is right. what we need to do. Right? I think uh, Daniel's been talking about this. We just say, no, no, go fuck yourself and shut up. We're not going to take your crap anymore. But they know right. that they can go on the offensive and the, and the, and the, the pussy, the pussy will have left and the media will not call them on it. Will not call them on it. When you know if a Trump supporter put out anything with that kind of language in it and then something happened a week later, like a shooting by a Trump supporter. You know for sure the left would say, "Look at what they look at the violence they're causing." That domestic terrorists arrest all of them, but because a transgender organization did it, it's okay. They didn't mean anything bad. You see, that's the double standard that has to end. It just has to end, Bill. Yeah, I agree. You know, yeah, I just... how about nobody? How about nobody use language like that? Right? Why do you have to use language like that? Vengeance, right. vendetta, just fucking write flowery stuff, a unicorn stuff about how great transgender people are. Who cares? Right. You know, I don't care if you're an adult and you decide to mutilate yourself, that you have bodily autonomy, even though sure. those same people don't think I had it when it comes to the covid poison. Right. The vaccine yeah. poison that I don't have my I don't have bodily autonomy for that. But they believe they have bodily autonomy when it comes to cutting their own genitals off. I don't care if they do it. But don't you dare tell me that children have the right to do that. Okay? That children should be allowed to do that when they're 12 years old, 13 years old. Because that's, that's where the line is drawn. I, I have to say, you know, I, I, let me get this out. It's a little tough. Go but ahead. Yeah. You, you know, I'm... I've, survivor of incest okay yeah so yeah, both both parents and i am uh, uh heterosexual right mm-hmm. period but i went through a phase of what was called disassociative identity disorder which what used to be known as known as multiple personality disorder and i was in and out of psych words i mean i was suicidal twice i've been through it you know what i mean and what i would tell you is that that mental illness from the sexual abuse, it didn't um, affect my outwardly expression of my sexuality in mm-hmm. any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. I was rooted in where I was, you know what I mean, in that regard. Yeah. But the emotional turmoil I experienced was 
you can only imagine. You know what I mean? And, and, and we very, it's called complex post-traumatic stress disorder, hyperarousal states of, I don't want to get too graphic here, but let's just say flashbacks, body memories, nightmares, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And so that, you know, according to statistics, one third of every woman by the time she's 20 has experienced some type of sexual assault. Yes. That's according to the rape crisis centers. Right. right? And one-sixth of men. Okay. Now, what the real numbers are, we don't know because we know that sexual abuse is one of the most, um, the least reported crime. You mm -hmm. see what I mean? So yeah. that's, with that in mind, even with that in mind alone, for any adolescent to be going through potentially that kind of turmoil, and then trying to make decisions on their sexuality and where they're coming from for the rest of their lives, where they're going to mutate their body. Yeah. It's right. It's frightening to me. Well, I, you know, I'm no Sigmund yeah. Freud, but we do know that many of these people the, in the transgender community yes. were abused. It's, were it's absolutely true. It's absolutely yeah, true. The word, I, I don't know if it's the majority or the percentage, but there's an unusual number for that, for that yes. call, small of a community. Um, that have been abused when they were children, and that could lead to their their gender issues, right? Ab so, absolutely, absolutely. Right. And, and, you know, listen, as they work that out, that's part of the healing process, right? As long as you're not harming any kids in the process, you know? Like, my position is, like, we, I used to say, even in the locker room, going to high school, you know, whatever – we knew guys were straight. We knew they were gay. We could care less as long as they weren't harming any kids. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, there's, there's two you know. things to this. The harming yeah. the kids is the worst. But then there's the yeah. other cultural stuff, like shoving it in people's faces. Oh, yeah, that's right? outrageous. That's, right, no, shoving no. it in people's faces and writing tweets, like we're going to get vengeance, vendetta, all that stuff. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and making up all this persecution that doesn't exist. This is what all these groups love to do. There might be a, every every group is persecuted a little bit. Italians persecuted, Irish persecuted, blacks, sure. Jews, transgender, gays, lesbian, but they make it much worse than it is. Just like they did for COVID, they make it they make an issue that's real and they blow mm -hmm. it up a million times to get their narrative forwarded, and that's the problem. I, I have a problem with that too. And yes, it can lead to, to to shooters, and we've known there have been three or four shooters, mass shooters lately, who have identified as transgender. So to pretend there's not something there, and even worse, to not even be able to talk about it and examine it. And where right, is this, right. where's this manifesto? Where's the manifesto? Is the manifesto not being released because they're afraid it's going to make the transgender community look bad? Would they care if it was a Trump supporter? Would they care if it was a MAGA? Of course not. They'd release it right away. So these double standards that hurt society are, are the problem here, you know? Yeah, uh, Maria made a good comment regarding sex trafficking, how, how badly that harmful that is. And the, uh, uh, the, the, I mean, this affects people for their entire lives sometimes. I mean, it's really, if they survive, I mean, you know, I, so I know we're, we're, we've got some very difficult issues kind of, know. you know, rubbing and bumping into one another. It's hard to discuss. You know, but on the other hand, that's the whole point. We need to be able to openly discuss these issues and, and, uh, not get into tribalism and, uh, projection, on, uh, uh, for, to, to try and, uh, kind of treacherously win 
You know what I mean? It, it, it's a form of treachery. In my, if you can follow me to, yep. to wave a flag, you know, in a way that, uh, is kind of manipulating. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm trying to get I at? I do. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And, um, it, it, and that happens. Yeah. You know, hey, Bill, I need to cover a couple of quick things. Oh, sure. Let you go. And then have yeah. a good weekend, Bill. Have a good weekend. Yeah, you too. Yeah. Hey, okay. Look forward right. to singing with you, Maria's. Keep us we will. Posted, Maria. I yeah. promise we will. We'll do it. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Thank All right. you. Okay. I just want to get a couple of quick stories in here. Maybe go to Lance, and then we got film reviews. So that's the rest of the show. Yes, Daniel. I said I got a couple of quick stories because. And then go to Lance, and then we'll go to film reviews. Anyone else wants to call in, you can also. But um, this goes, like I said, the left doesn't want us talking about uh, this stuff. You know, transgender. We we can't we can't talk about it. We can't mention it. We can't say anything negative about it or anything or probing nothing. But I'm going to do it here because I don't care. And these are a couple of quick stories that go along with this. This double standard. I don't know if you heard about this, but a CBS executive barred the word transgender from reports on the Nashville shooter. The top executives of CBS News have banned staffers from using the word transgender when reporting on the Nashville shooter. Despite the fact police have said Audrey Hale was transgender and cited as a key point in the case, the Post has learned. The New York Post. The shooter's gender identity has not been confirmed by CBS News and networks executives insisted as such we should avoid any mention of it as has no known relevance to the crime. Now, once again, this is not actual journalism because of two reasons. One is, if this was a MAGA supporter, they would have no problem saying the word MAGA, MAGA, MAGA shooter, MAGA shooter, MAGA shooter. And I could, I could say the same thing in defense. How do we know for sure this person was MAGA? How do we know? What's the final confirmation of such a thing? So that's what, that's what they're trying to say here, which is fine. If you didn't use the word MAGA or Trump supporter or Republican, which is what they want to say right away. Look at the David DePape thing, the, 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 the Pelosi knocking on the head, knocking on the head of the husband. Right away, he was this Trump supporter, right winger. And they did that on purpose because it was 10 days. What a coincidence that happened 10 days before the primary where Democrats were going to get their asses kicked. Then they didn't. Um, but they wanted to make it an issue 10 days before when there was absolutely zero proof. In fact, all of the evidence proved the opposite. The guy was like a left winger, Bernie supporter. OK, but right away, they had no problem calling him this Trump MAGA Trump, just as they never do with shooters. But when it comes to this one, oh, no, we can't use the word transgender because it's not a whole a total confirmation. Just look at her. She's transgender, okay? Everyone who knows her said she's transgender. So this is such bullshit. And once again, and the police actually said, the police identified her as transgender. Those are the words of the police. But of course, this is CBS using their double standard. We can't say it was a transgender shooter, but no problem at all saying it's a Trump supporter, Republican, MAGA, MAGA. They love saying that word MAGA, these maggots. So once again, we're seeing more of this double standard when it comes to this stuff. Poor, not real journalism. This is not journalism. As I said, these aren't journalists. They're political activists. Whether the reporters on the streets, the one you see doing those stand-ups, or to the executives, they're all extreme left-wing whack jobs who want to push their agenda, who want to push their narrative. That's all they care about. That's all they care about. 
And it gets even worse. Listen to this one. Daniel specifically will love this one. Listen to this baby. A woke university. Thank God for the New York Post. Thank God for the New York Post. Because no one else, no one else actually reports real news. A woke university of Pittsburgh professor denies a difference in male and female skeletons. A woke university of Pittsburgh anthropology professor. This is an anthropology professor. Denied there's a difference now in male and female bone structure during a discussion about gender, sparking disbelief and outrage. Remember now, this, these are the people of science. Obviously, he's a Democrat. He's a liberal. These are the, these, this is the party of, quote unquote, science, trademark. If you were to dig up a human, two humans, 100 years from now, both a man and a woman, could you tell the difference strictly off bones, said student Riley Gaines? No, Professor Gabby Yearwood replies. The response sparked appalled laughter from students, including Gaines, who describes herself on Twitter as University of Kentucky swimmer who believes there are only two sexes. Oh, let's give a round of applause. Who's the, the, the name again? Uh, Gaines. Oh, look at the, oh. I love it. Good job. Imagine, oh, this, this gives me hope for the future. This is a young person who believes there are two sexes. Oh, I love it. I love it. Riley, Riley Gaines, you get... A million thumbs up. Okay, not exactly a million, but close. The responsible year would then insist that he's the expert in the room. So this is Fauci. I'm science. I'm anthropology. Have any of you been to anthropological sites? Who who is this? Who who's Indiana Jones? Have any of you studied biological anthropology? I'm just saying. I've got over 150 years of data. I've got over 150 years of data, so I'm curious as to why I'm being laughed at. I wait a minute, Daniel, you'll love this. I have PhD. He wrote. <laughs> he said, "I have a PhD." Oh, okay. Professor Gabby Yearwood denied the difference in male and female bone structure during a discussion about gender. Sparky, we got this already. This is how far removed the left is from reality that they must deny basic scientific facts to the Independent Women's Forum, a nonprofit focused on econ- economic policy issues. When the self-proclaimed expert in the room is offended that his assertion that males and females don't have distinct scale differences is laughable, one might wonder what students saying anthropology studying there are being taught by their professors, the group added. And there's actually a photo of the students putting their palms in their faces and cracking up. There's a photo of this. They're all, they're all laughing like crazy. The response led to laughter. <laughs> the professor should resign immediately, said Dr. Alicia Eli Moore Moore. While another critic blasted back to school for that professor, archaeologists re- rely heavily on pelvis shape to determine the sex of a skeleton, along with the general assumption that larger traits are male, including skulls and sizable areas where muscles attached to the bone. But Alcaj admitted mistakes in overlooking intersex individuals along with small statured men or large statured women. So this is the whole thing. This is this is the sickness. Now, why? What's the narrative that this guy wants to promote? Okay, what's the why 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 be so ridiculous? Because he wants to create an alternate reality where men are not more powerful and stronger than women. That's what he wants. His narrative now is that men, it's, it's, uh, it's anti-woke to say that me- the structure of a man's skeleton is bigger, therefore inferring stronger and more powerful than a woman, which is, of course, would be the narrative he'd want to destroy the idea 
that biological males who become women should be able to dominate women in women's sport. This guy would believe it because he'd say, well, their bone structures are all the same. If they're a biological male or a biological woman, their bone structures are the same. This is what he this is the reality that he wants to create. Do you see? Do you see what a sick world we're in? And this is not a new doctor. This is not a 20 year old student. This is a guy who's been around for decades in this business and says, I'm a PhD. I've been I've gone to archaeological sites. I have hundreds of years of data. What they simply want to do is change reality. They want to change history and they want to change reality. They want this alternate reality that, as I said before, in a, in a normal world not too long ago would be considered insanity. These people would be considered insane and they'd be put away, right, until they come into the real world. So they give it enough drugs where they snap out of it and come into the real world. So they want to create their own reality, as you see. That's what they want. They want to create their own realities. And I, for one, am not going to accept that. I'm not going to... Uh, dive into their insanity and become insane also. I'm going to consistently point out how bad crap crazy these PR. Uh, crazy. And I'm glad it gives me a little bit, a little bit in a deep blue city like Pittsburgh that these students laughed at him and said he should go away forever. Okay? It gives me a little bit of hope. A little bit of hope. Not a lot of hope. I don't want to... Oh, by the way, before I go to Lance, I did want to... Once again, nobody reminded me. Very bad. I can't give thumbs down, though. Okay, the, the grand jury, something I didn't know. Maybe you guys knew this. Did you know that at least in New York, I don't know if it's like this everywhere, a grand jury consists of 23 people, okay? 23 people. And all you need to get an indictment is 12 of them to vote for indictment. So the vote can be 12 to 11 for indictment, and you're indicted. How insane is that? What chance did Trump have in New York of not getting at least 12 of 23 people to say he should be indicted? Did anyone else know that? I knew it wasn't unanimous, like in a you know, regular jury, but 12 to 11 and you're indicted? This is why they say a prosecutor can indict a ham sandwich. On top of that, on top of only needing 12 of 23 to vote for all the, it's all it's all prosecutorial, as we know. There's no defense. It's all the prosecutor's side, right? It's all the prosecution's side. So the defense doesn't get a chance to say anything. On top of that, a 12-11 vote is good enough. I mean, I'm not a legal expert. Why is this system this way? I, I don't get it. Why should it be so easy to get an indictment? Why? Court, the court system is very expensive. It costs the taxpayers a lot of money, all right? And what we find from a lot of these prosecutors like Alvin Bragg is they have this terrible record, like where like 70 percent they lose, like 80 percent of their cases they lose. So all this money is being wasted because it's so easy to get an indictment. And the majority of the time they're indicting someone who's innocent, who's found not guilty. The system has to change. Once again, I'm not a legal expert, but I have common sense or as we like to say on this show, uncommon sense. And this needs to change. It cannot be so easy to get an indictment. Hey, Lance, are you still with us? Lance? Lance? Lance, are you there? Hello, Lance. Hello, Lance. You know, I've seen Lance. He's sitting there. He wants to come back in. He complains that I cut him off too quickly. And he's been in the chat all night long. 
And yet there I look now he's Lance, are you there? Is that you, Lance? We'll give you another shot. Lance. Hello. Hey. Yeah, it was glitching. Um Did you did you go to get did you go to get a libation? Did you go to get a libation? Did I go to get a libation? Oh. <laughs> oh okay. Right. A fourth libation. I'm on my fourth Yangling twelve bouncer. Oh, it's getting to that time of night. And my third bowl. It's it's getting to that time of night. Hey Lance, you got it pretty good. You got it pretty good. Um, no, not really. I'm, did I'm, you know? I'm, did you know that about the uh, jury system? For, yeah, yeah, yeah. For, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's why they did you the ham sandwich, all that. All right. Okay, good. Right. But um, well, okay. Now, what's interesting? I get along great, right? With, well, frankly, radical lesbian feminists. I get along. I've always got along great with them. Now. I think that, you know, a little bit that we've talked here and there, I don't think you think of me as, as much as I like quiche. It's really, it's really yummy. I'm not a quiche eating Alan Alden type, right? You could see that I'm kind of like a red blooded American, pretty fairly, you know, I mean, I'm a pussycat, but I'm aggressive minded male, right? Whatever, mm-hmm. dominant mm-hmm. personality or whatever. Dominant, dominant, dominant. Like you, like you, right? All right. Okay, fine. You know, I'm not, I'm not alpha, but I'm not beta. You see what I mean? I don't want to follow or lead. I'm just right there in the middle. And I'm going to say, you know, fuck everybody. I'm Socrates. I'll make Ridic Hemlock at another time. My point though is, so what you're talking about though, is that feminist, the feminist movement, as much of a feminist as I am, I'm on the, you know, Camille Paglia is. Yes. I love her. Okay. I think she's great. All right. I disagree with her a lot, but I think she's wonderful. Whatever comes out of her mouth or whatever she puts on the page comes out of her thoughts that she's gleaned because she's way smarter than me, you know, like like she's a real intellectual. I'm just intelligent who has, yeah. you know, some logic. Okay. Okay. But what, what I'm saying is the feminist, the whole feminist movement, there's a through line of absolute misogyny. So a, a lot of feminism, it, it's because they hate women and they hate womanhood. Mm-hmm. Because the original feminists, and they they learned that maybe we're wrong about this, was that, no, no, if you're going to be barefoot and pregnant and have eight kids, fuck you. If that's what the woman wants, now, yes, yes, yes. If they're forced into it, and that happened a lot. I'm second generation off the boat Italian. not and But my parents were very Americanized. But what I'm saying, blah, 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 whatever. What I'm saying. What are you saying? But right now, this whole trans movement is highly misogynistic. There's just no question about it. It's it's women hating. It's got nothing to do with supporting women. That's why would they want to infiltrate uh, women's athletics with 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 men? Frankly, yes. And it, you know, of course, it's anti-woman. It's incredibly hateful and unfair right. to women. Yeah. But you know what? Can I jump to something else? Because the end of the night. Go ahead. William. God bless him, right? He gets emotional, talks about personal stuff, right? Do I ever? Have, I, have you ever heard me go anywhere? I'd, li- I'd like to no. know more about you personally, okay. Lance. Me. Me? <laughs> Lance. Would. I'd like to know more. No, 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 no. What I mean is that <sighs> I never go there, in other words, right? We're a couple of tough-minded New Yorkers like we were talking about. Blah, blah, blah. And, and I don't get, like, like emotional. But you know what? You know, you know who William has to thank? Maria will tell you about this whole music room thing, which I think – you know, y- y'all have to thank me. Why? Did you start it? Yeah, about six weeks ago. Oh. A month ago. And um, 
I came up with it. The idea of doing a music room and then doing some cross-cultural stuff and readings. And, and, um, and I had two people with me and the three of us, I call ourselves a powerful triumvirate, right? To, uh, you know, and when we all bounced back, back and forth, two of us had like, we're down and then, and then this third person, uh, was shyer, but she had great musical knowledge and experience and everything and everything. And then at one point, like, well, a week or two, about a couple of weeks ago, I decided to leave calling because it wasn't working for me, whatever. And I wanted to I spend a certain amount of time here, but, and so blah, blah, blah. I said, I'll go on Discord and Rumble. Well, Mike, what it turns out, I'm such a freaking Flintstone. As a matter of fact, I, I tried to go on Discord tonight just to check out some stuff from Pangborn that I wanted to check out. Mm-hmm. I couldn't get in there. Well, I read my path. I don't know because I'm an idiot. That's why. I, I don't know why I didn't hit the right icons because I did the password. I, I logged back in and I hit all the icons. I couldn't find the Congo. I found it one other time. All right, all right. Long story short. Mm-hmm. Right. And this is what I mean. Right. This is I'm, I'm really kind of sad because, yeah, I invented that room. And I said, gee, we'll have themes and we'll come up with a different theme every time. And mm. so I left call in because I said, well, I want to spend a certain amount of time because I have a certain amount of time of the day and I'll focus on Discord and Rumble even though I I went over there a little bit. Okay. I came back a day later because I'm too stupid to figure it out. I said, hey, I'm back to the two people that I had started the room with. Mm-hmm. I said, I'm back. Let's go back to the way we had it. And they said, nope, you left. You snooze, you lose. Yeah. It's my yeah. room now. And that I'm sorry, I have to say it. And I say this with love. That was Maria. It was me and Maria and Sin. It was our room, but I'm the one that initiated the idea of the room and about having themes and all that. But when I left for one day and came back and said, okay, let's do it like before, because I started the room and it was totally democratic. She said, nope, it's my room now. (laughs) And and so, you know, I say it with love. But, yeah, so now with William and karaoke and all the rest of it, you you all have to still thank me because, wow, that only lasted a month. But I'm the one that founded the whole thing. What's that? Yeah, I got some great carrier. Oh, Maria used to, she'll tell you, she used to um, uh, request, uh, whether it was singing, but a lot of times uh, reciting stuff because the sound of my voice. We were, we were a powerful triumvirate, me, Maria, and Sin. But I left for one day, then I came back. I wanted to do it like before. And she said, nope, it's her room now. And I'm sorry, but that's just, (laughs) that's just the way it is. And I say that with love, right? Not with hate, but yep. Now I, I'm phased out, so I do my own little room, but it's not the same. I th- Frankly, Mike, I think that the room is just not interesting at all because it, it lost the whole gist of what I was trying to do. And I was totally democratic deliberately, and I let them make more decisions. Both of us, me and Maria, made sure Sin got her two cents in because she's so shy and, 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 and polite, but, yeah. you know, and, and would let us do it. But Sin has amazing musical in, uh, knowledge and uh, experience of stuff that I never heard of. That's why it was such a great threesome. But like I said, I left for a day. I guess, you know, you snooze, you lose. So even though I'm the one that invented the room, I left for a day. And, and like I said, my, you know, me doing it myself, you know, with maybe people will show up without two people to go off with the DJ. One person cue something up like two D. Mm-hmm. Well, I snoozed and I lost. And now it's Maria's room. So I hope you right. and William and all those people have a wonderful time. But on a personal level, right, it's not a big deal. It's not costing me money, but it's really hurtful. And it really makes me sad that I couldn't just go back to do it where it was just the three of us equally, me doing it democratically, and that Maria faced me out. And she knows that it hurts my feelings and that it hurts me and your, your feelings are quite easy to hurt 
They are. No, they're not. No, yes, they they're are. very hard to hurt. No, they are. No, no they are. Come on. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about disagreeing in the conversation. What? You're easily hurt and offended. Nah. <laughs> you are. I have thick skin like a lizard, buddy. I don't do think mean? so. I don't Concerning think so. what? I'm, I'm disagreeing with you. What? That I, my feelings get hurt? Yeah, because you complained about it a lot. If, it did, if you had thick skin, you about wouldn't what? talk about it. About what? Wait, 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 wait. You know, what? people mention you and you're not there. You have to come on and defend yourself or, you know, this whole whoa, thing. Oh, yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No way. That's not hurting my feelings. That's sure. just that's just people acting like junior high school kids if they are going to say no, something no, and not no, let no, you respond. No, no, That's not what I'm talking about. Lance, don't worry. No. About it. it's, getting, it's getting late and I got to get to John Williams. But All right. Well, I guess you disagree with me with my, my whole point here, but oh, well, because now, nah, yeah, no, you know, yeah, yeah. Look I got you. Faith out Look at you. you have. 484, 100, 100 and, wait, 187 followers. That's not bad. It's pretty good. So people do yeah. follow you. They like you. They like you. Hey, Lance, they like you. They really, really like you. Right. <laughs> and, and and you know what? They like me because those are the people that understand that I don't I don't play. Like, I'm not trying to, like, elicit followers. So if they follow me, it's because I have something to say. And what I just said to you was platinum gold. And if you don't buy it, I'm sorry, but I'm, I'm just saying that these people hurt my feelings the same way that William was going to, you guys are all going to have fun in this room. And yeah, it makes me sad that the, the room I invented is going to phase me out and they're going to all have all and not let... I know, I know what you're saying. I, I'm, we don't want to do personal grievances on here with rooms. You know what it reminds me of? The early days of, uh, of the internet. I love the early days of the internet because I remember with like, um, uh, it was called, what was it called? Well, AOL, but no, no, no. Before AOL, I was on, let me tell you something, personal thing. I was on the internet before AOL. I was on the, I was like 15. So what are we talking about? Like 1986, I was actually on the internet. 86, the earliest, early days of the internet. I had my Commodore 64 and then the, we upgraded to a Commodore, what was it? It's 128, right? And there was something called uh, Quantum Link, which was before AOL. There was, there were two servers, Quantum Link and CompuServe. Okay. And I remember being on Quantum Link. I liked Quantum Link. And they had these different rooms. And all the rooms were like really fun, interactive, right? These were the early days of the internet. It was great. You would go on your computer and talk to other people. And they had like trivia rooms and music rooms and they'd give out prizes. You know, back then, in the early days of the internet, you had to actually – do you, anyone else remember this or am I too old? No, well, come on. Bill, you'll remember this. Daniel, you'll remember this. Karthik, you won't. But – um it used to be you had to pay by the minute. You really, it got very fucking expensive. You had to actually pay by the minute. Okay. And uh, so they give away like free minutes. Like if you won the trivia, you'd get like an hour free on Quantum Link. And it was great. And I actually made friends on there. I actually made, but those were the early days of the internet where everything was so friendly and it was like a small community because it wasn't like millions of people using it yet. It was like just like it was like maybe thousands of people using it at the beginning. So we were like a small community and it was a lot of fun. And that's been lost. So if, if people want to do something like that on the call in network where they have like a room where it's maybe interactive or trivia or music or singing, I'm all for it. I'm all for going back to that like community. Hey, that word community, the real community of the early days of the Internet. But I know that the next caller, Karthik, 
doesn't remember the early days of the internet. Do you, Karthik? Wow, Mike, I'm going to have to try really hard to pretend that I cared about anything you just said. <laughs> You're terrible. All you really sounds very scintillating. You don't remember anything about the early... See, I... I uh, no, I I'm born in 95. I'm 27. I pity you that you don't know the early days of the internet because it was a lot of fun. <laughs> no, okay, well, I will say this. Um, I'll say something that you'll probably agree with. I hate social media, uh-huh. which is... I'm, I'm sure hypocritical because, you know, Colin's part of social media, but I really feel like it's... um destroyed society, you know, and especially destroyed young people, you know. It's really kind of prevented us from making um, social connections and it's destroyed dating. But besides that, um, all that gloom and doom, uh, what, how are you doing today, man? Um, it's Friday, so I'm, you know, I'm trying to get myself into a Friday. I'm trying to get myself into the weekend mode. Weekend <laughs> mode, you know. What were you talking about earlier? Everything. You always ask me what I'm talking about. You always, instead of like, Listening in and listening to what I'm talking about, you always call in and say, "What did you talk about?" Like I'm gonna, like I gotta do a review for you. I got, I gotta have someone take the uh, notes. Dude, I got stuff to do, man. And, and, and if I was uh, here every day, le- 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 eleven to one a.m., then you wouldn't miss me. You know, you're so busy. You're so busy. You, so you got to miss me. <laughs> you're so you know, busy. I, I would just be a uh, an, another person, you know. But I, got, I gotta be special. Karthik, where do you live again? Where are you from? Southern California. Okay, so you're on my time. So you yeah. can't be that busy. You can't be that. You can't be that busy. So, uh, well, well, just tell me quickly, like, well, what stuff were you talking about earlier, and and then I'll comment, and then Maria can say something. I love, comment on one thing. Well, I want you to comment on one thing. Um, did you know that 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 the the grand jury only needed to be twelve out of twenty three people voting to indict? Did you know that? Yeah, no, yeah, I know. The, yeah, a, a grand juries uh, only require a simple majority. It, it doesn't require all people, yes. I, I, I've known that for a few years now. Right, but 12 out of 23, so 12, 11 get you Yeah, that's you a indicted. simple majority, correct. That's insane. Don't you think that's insane? It should be a little bit tougher than that, shouldn't it? Uh, that's too easy. Yeah, probably, but do just relax, man. This is all bullshit, you know? Just... Uh, what if, hey, what if I'm the next one indicted, 12, 11? Uh, what, what do you mean calm down? Well, no, that, that's that, that that that's different because because you see, like me and you, we're just uh, uh, regular people. I'm saying calm down because Trump's, you know, he he's part of the elite, so it, it'll be all fine. Yeah, no, I, I know. Yeah, okay, I know. I'll say this: I if know. he actually does go to jail, I'll come here and I'll apologize. Okay, I'll, I'll say I'm sorry, I was wrong. <laughs> Are you going to visit him? Would you visit him in jail? Why would I want to visit him in jail? I, 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 I don't know him. He, he'll probably like, like, ha, ha, just hire some hookers to visit him instead. <laughs> yeah, you know who visit him? Stormy Daniels. She'll visit him. No, I don't know. I don't. She doesn't seem to like him very much. But um, oh, please. But but Come on. there was that uh, Playboy model that said he was a nice guy. So maybe she, you know, I think her name was uh, Karen uh, McDougal. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe she'll visit him. Look, 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 look. He wanted sex. He paid for sex. So what? Everyone does at some point in their life. Have you done that yet? You pay for sex? No, no. I, oh, you I, haven't? I, I have not. Maybe, oh, maybe, right. maybe I'm too young for that. Um, <laughs> what does that mean? Too young? How about those people on Wall Street? Those young people on Wall Street, they pay for sex all the time. Well, I don't work on Wall Street, so I can't comment on yeah. that. You would never be caught dead anywhere near Wall Street, would you, Carthage? Um, No, no, not, not really. <laughs> And also, like, who, who oh, wants to live in New York? Guy. It's super cold there. Yeah, I, I, know. I know. I I can't live in any cold places. You're a SoCal guy. You like all those beaches, right? 
Yeah, oh, I, I'm actually going to the beach tomorrow. Are you really? Yeah. Oh, all right. Yeah. I can't. I'm in San Francisco. The, the beach here is not usable. <laughs> we can't use the beach here. Yeah. You can, you can walk along it, but you have to have a thick, you have to have a, a winter jacket and mittens. So yeah. No, yeah. Uh, somebody on Colin actually asked me if I would be interested in moving up to, you know, your area, the Bay mm-hmm. Area. No. I was like, fuck no. It's too oh. cold for me there. Uh, among other reasons, you're better where you are, you know. For sure, yeah, yeah. Even Same. even though it's still California, I'd say. Well, so no, Cali- where I live, it's it's, it's a very. Uh, um, I live in, in arguably the best city in Southern California. I'm not going to say what, but oh no, don't say it because there are only 85 million people there, so we're going to know where you live. Come on, where do you live? No, well, I live in um, uh, a very nice part. That's all. I'll what's say. what's the closest big city? I I said I'm not going to. Oh I'm just my gonna god. Say Oh yeah. my God! Probably we have to, sub- we have to subpoena this guy to find out what city he lives in. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll but, ask Colmer to subpoena you. So we find out what, city what, what else were you talking about? Uh, Trumps and it was mostly Trump. It was mostly the the hypocrisy of the of the left and the left media and and all that stuff. You know, it's the same thing. One day, I hope to not have to talk about the hypocrisy of the left wing media. I don't think it'll ever happen, but. Uh, dude, come on, man. There's hypocrisy everywhere. It's, nah, it's remember, remember nah, what I always nah, say? Nah, the, nah, uh, nah, a duopoly nah. is just a scam. Yeah. There's, very, yeah. there's no real difference between yeah. the, the Dems and the GOP. I know. I know how you feel. Trust me. You've made it crystal clear how you feel. I just want you to see past the duopoly, man. That's all. The duopoly. The duopoly. That sounds very. Do, um, ominous, the duopoly. Well, not really. Okay, so opoly means rule, and duo, you know, means two, obviously. I so know what it means. Oh, my you know, God. I was just trying to break it down for you, you know? I know what it means. Uh, hey, Karthik, how do you how do you say the province where um, Saskatoon is in Canada? What? The province where the city Saskatoon is in Canada. How do you say it? Do you know? Why would I know that? Uh, you should know that. You know this, this, I think I'll do, maybe I'll do random trivia Friday nights. <laughs> where I say this. Name the province where the city of Saskatoon exists. You yeah. don't know it? No, I don't. Hey, Mike, I got, I, I got to go, actually. Sorry. I just wanted to say it. <laughs> okay, Carthen, go ahead. I'll talk to you later, okay? He's great. Oh, my God. For a guy who talks about the duopoly, he's a great politician. He's a great politician. Yeah, duopoly sounds musical. Duop, duop. That's the old 50s stuff, right? Saskatchewan. Saskatoon is in Saskatchewan. And it's Saskatchewan, not Saskatchewan. If you say Saskatchewan, the Canadians don't like it, eh? They don't like that. Okay. Hey, Maria, you're up next. How's it going, Maria? Maria, you there? There you are. I wanted to play trivia. Although I beat you to the pronunciation in the chat. Uh, I actually worked with a surgeon, a, a breast cancer surgeon from Saskatchewan. So There you go, Saskatchewan. Sus- not Saskatchewan. <laughs> Saskatchewan. Yes. Maria, so tell me more about this uh, room, this karaoke room. Oh, it's not a karaoke room. We just let people do what they like, um, generally speaking. When it comes to William, yeah, his voice is golden. Sunday night, he sang along to My Girl, 
Oh. And that that was pretty priceless. My girl, my girl, my girl. Talking about my girl. My so, girl. That's the one? Yeah. Oh, all right. I'm going to give yeah, myself yeah. two thumbs up. Two thumbs up. Well, it, don't take it from me. William will help you out with that sometime. But I've been kind of waiting and excited. And in, in terms of grand juries, doesn't that, just really quickly, doesn't that vary by state by state? I think it, it must, but I just heard this is the way the New York grand jury system works. And I find that to be kind of crazy. I just think it's too easy there. And why, why make yeah. it so easy to indict someone, especially when you see the numbers of these prosecutors, how, how poorly they do when it comes to actually getting a guilty verdict? Why, why make it so simple? Is to basically what they end up doing. If you believe in the jury system, then these people who are being found not guilty are unnecessarily being put through the ringer because it's so easy to indict people. So I think that should change. It does, obviously, it's not going to be unanimous, but I mean, everything aligns against the person being prosecuted because the defense doesn't have a chance to say anything. It's all prosecution. Right. And, right, and, right. and, and 12, 11 get you, you know, get you one step away from jail. To me, it doesn't make any sense. It's too easy. Yeah, I was really taken aback when you said that. I, yeah, that I was, was taken really aback when I heard it. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Okay. Well. So if you look at that, it's no shock that Trump was indicted. I well, mean, you gave me something to check into because now I'm curious about state-by-state state variances. Let's look it up. We'll figure out. Maybe next week we'll talk more. But I'm, I'm wondering – Maybe, you know, maybe some states, it's got to be a higher percentage than one over the majority. You know, it's got maybe oh, it's, yeah. maybe it's, maybe it has to be 12 to six or something, you know, but it should definitely be a lot more difficult than 12 out of 23. So. Yeah. And in Kentucky, I think it has to be unanimous. I mean, oh, does it really? Huh. Well, we'll look I, it up. We'll, we'll do some research over the weekend. We'll yeah. Yeah. Let's do because you got me really curious. And in terms of Karthik not wanting to tell you. Where he's at in SoCal, and I'm not allowed to say SoCal, am I? Anyhow. Oh, you can say SoCal. I think what you're not supposed to say is San Fran. They hate it. the The, the people who have been here forever hate that. Oh they, no, they, no! Yeah. I think what they hate is Cali. Oh no, Frisco. They hate Frisco. They don't like Frisco. You can say San Fran, but you can't say Frisco. Oh, well, Cali is really bad. Yeah, Cali's not good either. You know, well, you know, we don't want to offend Gavin, New the hair gel king. We don't want to offend him. So, well, fun fact, when I was a kid, I thought that song Secret Agent Man was actually Secret? saying. I'm sorry. No, I, I thought the song was Secret Asian Man. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, I, I, I've had that problem, too, with songs, you know, with the lyrics. I think they're different words. Sometimes I think they're kind of like nasty words and they're not. Like that song, I'm your Venus, I'm your desire. I thought Venus was something else. I won't say what I thought it was. Use so, your imagination. Use your yeah. imagination. And Karthik is just going to have to be our secret Asian man. Or agent man. Sorry, he's not Asian. No, agent. A secret agent man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In terms of his SoCal location. Yes. And last, last thing. Go ahead. Well, next to the last thing, 
Next list. I, I remember, I'm not old, but the first thing I did when I was a freshman in college when I was 17 was learn how to, and this was 1995, yeah, so... The first thing we did was log in to a text-based internet by top typing in www.charlotte in our email. In a text line, it looked like a DOS prompt. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, yeah. Yep. So I'm dating myself with that. And, of course, of course, AOL charged by the minute and Netscape charged by the minute because... They had to go through the phone lines, and what does a phone company know how to do but charge you by the minute? Very good point. You, do you remember those modems? They'd be like, ee, 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 ee. Uh, <laughs> that, that horrible sound it made when it was connecting. Sure did. <laughs> Terrible. And dropped all the time. And my last curiosity, you've been teasing us all this time. What are the movies we're going to review? I'm going to review as soon as your phone calls over. I'm not rushing you, but I'm going to we have dude we have John Williams here ready to play me in. But anyway, uh, the movie Air, uh, the Ben Affleck Matt Damon movie about the Nike sneaker for Michael Jordan and also Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves. <laughs> and oh, what is that? Who's that? That's my girl Mabel. What kind of dog is Mabel? She's an alien. An alien? Oh, okay. Well, I think she's like 10% Eskimo. Really? Is it a big dog or medium size? She's about 70 pounds. And that's a nice size dog. Perfect, actually. 70 pounds. Uh, I'm a big dog person. I'm not really into small dogs. Yeah, same here. She's, she's somewhere between a pit bull and a Great Dane. Oh, wow. That's nice. And she's built, she's built like a thoroughbred. Wow. Wow. Do you have a, a pretty big place where she can run around? I have a big yard. My house oh, good. is kind That's of a shoebox. But just a yard for the dog. That's good. When you have a big dog, it's always good to have some kind of space where they can run around. Well, she's older. She's not as busy as she used to be. Big dog. Yeah. Big girl. Big girl. Yeah. Uh, Maria, anything else, or should I go to the reviews? What do you think? Yeah, I haven't seen Air, and I don't think I care to. <laughs> oh, but... no. Well, listen to my review first. And be, have, right. have, have an open mind. Have an open mind. Okay. I, I will do my best, because right. I, do, I do like the Ben Affleck. Sure. Matt Damon combo. Absolutely. So. No doubt about it. They have good chemistry. They've known each other for a long time. Maria, I'll let you go. I'll do the reviews. And then we'll, Thanks. I'll see you next Thank week. You, Mike. All right. Thanks, Maria. Thanks. And I, and I will come into the room. I will. I'll do that. Okay. Well, we have John Williams here. So I can't, I've already made him wait about 15 minutes longer than usual. I don't have enough money to pay him overtime. All right. I'm just saying, and I'd love money to pay him overtime. If, if David Sachs builds this damn thing up eventually, maybe, who knows? Who knows what can happen in the future? But right now, I can't pay overtime. All right. So, John, play me in, please. Okay, thank you. Okay, if I don't spend too much time on the reviews, he'll play me out. If not, he'll just leave. What can you do? What can you do? All right. So the first film is Air. I'll, I'll, I'll see if I can play the trailer so you get a, kind of a gist of what it's about. But I'll tell you off the bat that I can understand Maria's thought 
because I had the same thought going into this. Why do I want to see a movie about a sneaker made for Michael Jordan? What the hell? You know, anyway, but here's the trailer. You know when you get a feeling? I'm doing this 20 years. I've never had a feeling like this. You're going to see exactly what I see. Mrs. Wild. Greatness. I need the greatest basketball shoe that's ever been made. What's the plan? We build a shoe line around just him. For a rookie who's never set foot on an NBA court. Who's the player? Michael Jordan. We can't get Michael Jordan. I'm thinking of reaching out to the parents. You talk directly to the family, you're going to lose your job. Do you typically show up at people's front doors unannounced? I, I was told not to call. Oh, man. Here we go. Every once in a while, someone comes along that's so extraordinary that it forces change because they are so very special. A shoe is just a shoe. Until my son steps into it. Okay, so that's air. So you had you got a, an idea there of what it's about from that trailer, and it's basically about a guy named uh, Sonny Vaccaro. He's played by Matt Damon. His boss, who started Nike, all real people, Phil Knight, played by Ben Affleck. Uh, also, one of his uh, sales associates, Rob Strasser, the PR guy, feel familiar. Jason Bateman. Anyway, so as the film opens, and I believe uh, the early mid 80s the mid 80s like 84 85 we, we were seeing that nike is like on the bottom as far as sales go to like in the sports department so they had the uh, converse and adidas were the top two sneaker sellers but when it comes to sports right and and athletes athletes who wore their uh apparel and nike was like about 17 percent of the market very low so they were looking and I didn't know a lot of this stuff, but they actually had people like Ben Affleck, uh, uh, Matt Damon in the movie, Sonny Vaccaro. He would go and recruit young, upcoming basketball players, right, rookies who were going to the NBA, the, the top ranked rookies to wear their apparel, you know, and they'd give them they give them 100,000 bucks or 150,000 bucks per year to wear their shoe, hoping that they become the next great thing. OK, so they're struggling to find Nike is is struggling to find like the next great athlete converse is getting all of them adidas is getting all of them nike's not getting any of them so matt damon has the idea to go after michael jordan and he's seen as untouchable he michael jordan does not like nike they're a nobody he wants to go with adidas he's made his mind up but matt damon has this feeling that if he really takes it on he can get michael jordan to come to him so he goes to his parents which you're not supposed to do because you're not supposed to go over the agent's head. The agent is played by Chris Messina perfectly, a great performance by Chris Messina as the agent. Um, and Viola Davis is the mother of Michael Jordan and, and Julius Tenen plays the father. Okay. James Jordan. So Sonny goes out to visit them and which you're not supposed to do, but he takes a leap and he becomes uh, friends with Viola Davis and gives them a very uh, personal pitch. And I guess I can just say that you know, and I know, we know the rest of the story. Michael Jordan did end up going with Nike, and it became Air Jordan. And we know about that sneaker, which, by the way, Michael Jordan still makes $400 million a year. $400 million a year off the sales of Air Jordans, even in retirement. And that's because his mother got him a deal 
which had never happened before, where the athlete gets like 5% of the sales for life. So once again, I went to the movie thinking, why do, why do I care about a sneaker and, you know, Nike selling it to Michael Jordan? Who cares? But all I can say is Matt Damon, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon, Ben Affleck directed it, makes a film about a sneaker into a near religious experience. This is a fantastic film, incredible dialogue. Someone called it like the Jerry Maguire of our times. And I think that kind of makes sense in that it's really character driven and dialogue driven. And what it's about really is someone with a vision like Sonny Vaccaro, who saw had a vision and, and, and went after it and really believed in someone and made Michael Jordan believe in himself. And it really becomes a film about a underdog company um, actually making a big splash simply by having a real vision, carrying that vision through and having a real personal kind of non-corporate approach to it, which, of course, we don't see enough of nowadays. And there's even reference in the film to they feel like it's the old Nike days because this guy, Knight, he started Nike um, on his own out of his garage and built it up into this big company. So do I want to say this is the best of capitalism? No, not really. But it's more like uh, Affleck approaches it more like as, a, as, a, as an American dream, as a vision, a vision that people have and how this ragtag group of him and Sonny Vaccaro and, and the guy played by, uh, by, by uh, uh, sorry, Jason Bateman, um, make this happen when all the odds were against them. But Ben Affleck does a great job of building up the building up the momentum and really making a film that we're into from the beginning to the end, even though we know exactly how it all works out, which is always a trick with films where, based on real history, we know the outcome. What's the suspense? Well, the suspense here is really in following these people and being on their side, really likable characters who are just basically fighting for their business, fighting for a vision. And Matt Damon does a great job of getting us swept up into his vision and into this passion of recruiting this guy. And uh, it works on every level. It's really fantastic. And I can tell you, when they finally make the sale and close the deal, it, like I say, it's a near religious experience because we've been with them every moment of the way, every minute of the way. Great dialogue, great acting. And as Maria said, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, having known each other for so long, make, have great chemistry, just fantastic chemistry between the owner of Nike and the salesperson played by uh, Sonny Vaccaro. Um, also, a lot of, you know, Matt Damon's such a great guy when it comes to self self-deprecating humor he lets that asshole make fun of him at the oscars all the time jimmy kimmel but in this film he's also i don't know if he gained weight or if it's a fat suit or whatever but there are a lot of jokes made about matt damon's little riffs on matt damon on the character being a little bit overweight and middle-aged and it's a great film funny great dialogue edge of your seat stuff matt damon ben affleck has made a fantastic movie so far the best film of the year in my opinion so there's that there's that. There's that one. Okay. Now we're going to go, we're going to change course a little bit here. Uh, I'm not a Dungeons and Dragons expert. I've never been a Dungeons and Dragons player. I've never been into the game. Uh, but I do like Chris Pine. I think Chris Pine is a great comedic action actor. And 
uh, comedy action actor. So I wanted to see the film, hoping, hoping that that would carry it through. Um, and should I play the trailer? Let me see. A little bit. Not the whole thing. The perfect heist movie is also the best movie of the year. You're welcome. It's a hilarious adventure. Detective for the entire life. I will. Hold this. Dragons, honor among thieves. All right. So it's Dungeons and Dragons. You can imagine. There's a lot of CGI. Uh, it's about a, a thief played by Chris Pine and his ragtag group of uh, thieves played by Michelle Rodriguez, Roger Jean Page, uh, and uh, there are a couple of villains in the movie. Chloe Coleman plays uh, Chris Pine's daughter, and uh, there's a couple of villains played by Hugh Grant and Sophia Lillis, uh, and and a another good guy played by Justice Smith. But uh, basically, in, early in the film, we see Chris Pine and uh, Michelle Rodriguez go to jail because they're thieves, but they're those good thieves, you know, the steal from the rich, thieves that we can like, who are funny and likable characters, and they break free of jail, and they find that their old colleague, Hugh Grant, has become this great leader, <laughs> and everything's gone to his head, and he's become a total asshole. He's actually uh, kind of kidnapped uh, Chris Pine's daughter, and Sophie Lillis plays his uh, sidekick, who's a really evil witch. And so the film is a lot of CGI, you know, as, as, as Chris Pine and his ragtag group try to take out Hugh Grant and stop him from doing evil things to society. Uh, but what really carries the film through, the CGI is top-notch. I have to say that. It's really great CGI. Uh, as you can imagine, a lot of dungeons and dragons and great CGI. That's not cheesy, really top-notch. But Chris Pine is a very funny guy. And the humor here, it's all very kind of, you know, uh, cheesy kind of offhand humor, kind of um, humor that we often see in the best action comedies that actually work. The humor actually drives the film through. It's actually a lot of fun. So when you put together the, the humor and Chris Pine's great comedic performance and the fact that the CGI is top notch, it really makes it an enjoyable experience. And I'm no Dungeons and Dragons aficionado. But I can tell you that the film is worth seeing if you like a really well-made action comedy. If you like action comedy, you know, the comedy is kind of akin to like The Princess Bride. So if you like that kind of humor mixed in with action, then you're going to like Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves. And I liked Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves. So two recommendations. Air, that's the big one. And Dungeons and Dragons, if you're in for some just, you know, fun escapism. John, are you still here? John, can you come, come over and play me out, please? Please? All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, John. Thanks. You're not charging no overtime? Thanks, man. I tell you. What a mensch. What a mensch. All right, so that's our show. That's our week. Crazy, crazy week. And Tuesday is going to be nuts because Tuesday is the day that Trump's going to go to New York and go through the process. And we'll find out what the charges are, which could be like 34. I don't know. It's, it's ridiculous. We'll, we'll find out more on Tuesday of what the actual charges are. And that'll, so it's going to be another, another crazy, wild, and wacky week. 
in the United States of America. All right. Okay, the name of the show is And Let's Be Heard, and it airs weeknights. Weeknights. That's Monday to Friday, in case you don't know the days of the week. 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern Time, which means I'll see you again Monday night. I won't see you till Monday night. Anyway, but have a good weekend, all right? And uh, until then, until then, this is Mike Cachopoli reminding you that your influence counts. Use it.